Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process so you can reduce your stress and anxiety and prevent fertility-related burnout. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility-focused acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified reproductive specialist, and feminist mindset coach, and you've got episode 64. Hello, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for being here with me today. At the time of recording this, we just celebrated Canadian Thanksgiving, and this was the first time since COVID happened that my whole family got together, and it was wonderful. A good reminder of the importance of community and family. My family happens to be blood relatives, but there are actually lots of ways to create a family. And I want to offer that you ask yourself, how are you creating community and family in your own life, especially in the context of navigating your fertility treatment experience? Different people will have different needs and approaches to how they want to navigate their experience. Some are more private than others. There really is no wrong way to do this. But one thing that I think is universally important is not to go through it alone. Your community might be friends or family that can support you in a way that works for you, or maybe it's a therapist or mental health professional or practitioner that you see on a regular basis, or maybe you want a more formal support group. There are so many of these groups that are available, both online and locally. You can even ask your fertility clinic if they facilitate a support group for their patients. My only piece of advice when it comes to looking for support groups is to make sure that it is facilitated by somebody with professional qualifications. What we don't want is for you to be engaging in an unfacilitated group. These groups that are unfacilitated will often turn into venting sessions or comparison situations or asking for medical advice from non-medical professionals. And this ends up not serving anybody involved. And if you're looking for a group like this, but haven't found quite the right fit yet, I want to invite you to check out the Pineapple Collective. The Pineapple Collective is my monthly group coaching membership where we take this work that we're learning on the podcast to the next level. So you can learn to manage your mind and actually rewire your brain to reduce stress and anxiety and avoid emotional burnout during your fertility treatment process. And of course, we want to teach you to actually enjoy and experience your life while you are going through fertility treatments. We do weekly group coaching calls where you get the opportunity to be coached by me. And you also get access to a self-paced online course to teach you the skills of self-coaching so you can get some relief whenever you need it. We have monthly workshops with experts in the field, and you get to meet other people who are also navigating their fertility treatment experience. So they get it. If this sounds like exactly what you need, you can head over to michellecapley.com forward slash pineapple to sign up today. So today we're going to be talking about what to do when your expectations don't match your reality and outcomes during your fertility treatment process. We're also going to talk about what not to do. Of course, just to say everybody is individual and their needs may vary when it comes to expectations and expectations not being in alignment with reality. But today I wanted to give you a few things to consider that I think might be applicable to anybody in this situation, which let's face it, is going to be all of us at some point in time. Because when you live in a human body, these dear tender meat sacks with a brain and nervous system running through them, they don't always do what we want them to do when we want them to do it. And they often don't follow our plan and our agenda in a way that we would like. 
So let's start with an example first so we can all get on the same page. So I want to give you an example of how this comes up in clinical practice and with my coaching clients often. I would say that I have a conversation about this multiple times a week, every week, and that is the first frozen embryo transfer. So most people, when they're doing IVF for the first time and they've gone through their stem cycle and they've gotten their embryos and they know how many they have and then they're ready to transfer that first one. They've never done a transfer before. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of things that are going through their mind, a lot of thoughts that they're having about the experience. But most people do have an expectation that this is it. This is the cycle where it's actually going to happen. I've been through this whole process and now the time has come that they're going to put the embryo back in my body and that we're going to get a baby. We're going to go get a positive pregnancy test this month. And so a conversation that I like to have with my patients and clients when they come up to this stage in the game where they're going for their first embryo transfer is that expectations need to be managed a little bit. And what I mean by this is that statistically speaking, according to the research and the data that we've collected up until this point now, that when we're talking about embryo transfers in the context of IVF and using frozen transfers, it actually takes an average of two to three embryo transfers to actually end up with a live birth. I know that it's a little bit funny to think about IVF in terms of mathematics and statistics because obviously we are working with human bodies here and human bodies can't necessarily be reduced to statistics. But if we're looking at calculating what are the chances of actually getting a clinical pregnancy and an outcome of a live baby, then again, the research says that we're looking at between two and three embryo transfers to actually end up with that result. And what happens is, and this is no fault of the doctors, they're working with a lot of patients, and I'm talking about our Canadian healthcare system here, it might be different in other places, but I know that the time allotment the doctors have to actually communicate with their patients is kind of scant around here. And so doctors don't always have time to go over every detail of what to expect. And so what this means is that it's not always reviewed with the person that statistically speaking, it's the case that the first frozen embryo transfer working and resulting in a live baby is actually the exception and not the norm. And what this results in from the person receiving the embryo is that they go into the transfer thinking, I'm going to get pregnant this month. I'm going to go in, I'm going to have my transfer and it's going to work because I've done IVF and I'm doing IVF and this is kind of the ultimate way the ultimate level of control to get pregnant. And so when it doesn't result in a clinical pregnancy or maybe even an early loss, then they're just shocked that it happens that way. And so what I do with my patients is as they're going into that first embryo transfer is we actually have a conversation that goes something like this. I don't want us to go to a place where we're expecting it not to work because of course we want it to work. But also we want to simultaneously keep in mind that statistically speaking, this particular first embryo transfer probably won't result in a pregnancy and you might need to do two or three transfers in order to end up with a pregnancy and a baby at the end of it. 
And I find that most people appreciate hearing this because it allows them to just leave a little bit of room in their brain for the possibility that this might not turn out to be a positive test this month. And it allows them to align their expectations with the reality of what might happen. So Now that we're on the same page with what I mean by reality not matching expectations, so in the context of this embryo transfer, we're looking at somebody thinking, yeah, this is is it, we're going to get pregnant, even though the statistics and the medical data doesn't necessarily match that as a possible outcome. So now I want to talk about what to do and what not to do when you're ending up in a situation where what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen at all. So we're going to talk about what we should do first. So what I want to say here is that the number one thing that I want to universally recommend to everybody who inevitably comes up to this is to acknowledge and process the feelings that are coming up. So just to talk about feelings, humans have four ways that they react to negative emotions. And I talk about this in detail in episode 47 called Dealing with Painful Feelings. I'll link that up in the show notes so you can find it easily. In a summary of what we do with our negative emotions as humans, or any emotion really, we act, avoid, resist, and allow. And so those are kind of the four options that we come up against when we end up in a situation where our expectations don't match our reality. We get some negative emotions coming up in our body. And so what we don't want to do is avoid or resist them or pretend that those negative feelings don't exist. We want to actually acknowledge and allow and process those feelings that are coming up. I think that there is a lot of tendency in the fertility wellness community to tend towards this toxic positivity where just be positive and look for the silver linings and don't go to those dark places because it might negatively impact your outcomes. And so this ends up being a situation where people just kind of pretend that their negative emotions aren't happening. But what happens when you do this is that the negative emotions are still there. You're just not acknowledging them and pretending that they aren't happening doesn't actually solve for them. What I want to say here is that it's actually normal and appropriate to have negative emotions when you get a different outcome than you thought would happen and that you had hoped for. So it's important to acknowledge and experience the frustration and the grief and the anger and any other of the negative emotions that exist along the spectrum of human emotions. It's important to go into that. And just to say this, because I think it's sometimes in the back of people's minds, is that having and allowing and experience those negative emotions aren't going to negatively impact your clinical outcomes. In fact, I would say that it's quite the opposite of that. And I know that it's kind of a bit of a paradox, but there's actually research to support the idea that unprocessed stress during a clinical IVF cycle or any other kind of fertility treatment cycle can actually result in less than ideal outcomes. So we want to make sure that we go there and be processed our negative emotions. And if you want to learn more deeply about how to do that, I highly recommend checking out episode 47, where I go through what we do as humans with our negative emotions and what that looks like. I use a very pleasant analogy of being at the dentist. So if you <laughs> if you're afraid of the dentist drill, maybe you want to skip that one. Um, but it's a really great kind of visceral and um, 
sensation inspiring uh, analogy to use when describing negative emotions. So I talk about what that looks like in people's bodies. And then I also talk about how to actually process and allow those emotions. So again, I will put that episode in the show link so you can check it out if and when you're ready. So now let's talk about what not to do. And that is do not make this outcome mean that you did something wrong or that there is something wrong with you. After being with literally thousands of people through their IVF cycle, and again, most of the people that I'm working with are people with eggs and ovaries, and often these people have been socialized as a woman, our almost universal automatic default And this comes from social upbringing, diet culture, religious conditioning, all sorts of reasons. But our immediate reaction to when something like this happens is to go to, well, what did I do wrong? Or what's wrong with me that caused this outcome? Because when you have an expectation that you're going to get a certain outcome and reality doesn't match this, we are conditioned to immediately look to ourselves as the cause of that. So we do not want to make this outcome mean that you did something wrong or that there's something wrong with you or that you should have known better or that you missed something or that you don't want this badly enough or that you should have tried harder or done more or that it's all on you to make this go a certain way. This is what I call using hindsight to beat yourself up. This causes unnecessary pain and suffering on top of the pain that you are already experiencing, which by the way, as we discussed before, is normal and understandable and appropriate. There's kind of two types of sensations and pain and suffering that we look at in this work of working on our minds and doing thought work. And that's the idea of clean pain versus dirty pain. And so to kind of illustrate what I mean by that. The clean pain is this idea that when you have an outcome in your life where it's normal and appropriate to experience negative emotion around it, that's the clean pain part. That's the part where you don't want to be happy about a loss. You don't want to be happy about somebody dying. You don't want to be happy about a tragedy. You want to feel grief and sadness and all of those things that come up. The part that isn't great and isn't helpful and doesn't serve anybody is the part where we layer all of these thoughts on top, where we're blaming ourselves and making it mean that we are bad or that there's something bad with us. So again, thoughts like you should have known better or you missed something or this is all on you or you should have tried harder or done more or you should have done exercises or eaten a certain food or asked your partner to do something different. It's this layer of piling on top of yourself and taking ultimately responsibility and putting everything all on your shoulders in a situation that's actually largely out of your control in reality. And that does cause pain, but what I would label that as is suffering. I think everybody's heard that quote that I originally heard from the Dalai Lama, but I don't know if if that was the original person who said this quote, because it's been recited in lots of religious traditions and um, different lineages over the years. But it's that idea that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So we want to acknowledge and process the feelings that are coming up because of the thing itself that happened, the outcome itself that happened, because again, it's normal and appropriate to experience those emotions. But what we don't want to do is layer all of that self-judgment on top of it. 
because this causes unnecessary pain and suffering on top of the pain you're already experiencing. So to summarize, when something in your fertility treatment process doesn't go the way you want, when your expectations don't match your reality, first, you want to acknowledge, allow, and process the negative feelings that come up because they are normal and appropriate. We don't want any toxic positivity here, ignoring the emotions that are you know, rightfully there. And then the second thing is don't make this outcome mean that there's something wrong with you or that you did something wrong. Okay, my friends, that's what I have for you today. I will see you next time when a new episode comes out. Until then, you've got this. If you are loving what you're learning in the podcast, you've got to check out The Pineapple Collective. It's my monthly group coaching membership where we take this work to the next level so you can learn to manage your mind and actually rewire your brain to reduce stress and anxiety, avoid emotional burnout, and get back to actually enjoying your life during your fertility treatment process. Head to michellekepler.com forward slash pineapple to sign up today. I can't wait to see you there.